spooky episode of LAOFC Weekly. Right here, we have Melissa McCarthy versus Michael uh, Michael Myers. Yeah, baby, yeah. So stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Yeah, that was a nice, smooth intro from me, right? Yeah, I'm not already on the plane to Arkansas right now. (laughs) Anyway, um, welcome to LAOFC Weekly, episode 12. Uh, My apologies, I will say right off the bat, Stacey Lane Wilson was supposed to be on this episode with me and Jimmy O, but I made a little bit of a goof in scheduling, and um, let's just say I messed up the scheduling a little bit. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but I have my good friend, my buddy, Jimmy O, with me from JoeBlow.com. Mm. Take it away. Introduce yourself. He had the blackest eyes. <laughs> the devil's eyes. Yeah, I do have the devil's eyes. Hey, it's Jimmy O. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I've waited years for this movie to come out. I feel like I've been waiting, what, 40 years? I don't know. 40 years, yeah. 40, exactly. 40 right, years. right, right. 40? <laughs> 40. Let's wait. 40. Let's, yeah, 40. This, this, yes. Yes. You were alive when this original yeah. one came. Yeah, I was. I was I not. Was. I know you weren't. I know. I'm I sorry know. to tell that. So <laughs> there you go. There's a little bit of an age difference here. Yeah. So uh, welcome everyone to the show. Uh, it's going to be a spooky filled episode. We're going to do a lot of horror throwbacks this, this week. Um, the first thing that we start off with, of course, is our movie pick of the week. If you have not seen the show before, how this works is we have a Facebook group, and inside that Facebook group is a bunch of the members of the LA Online Film Critics Society. We vote on all the movies that are coming out this week. So this week, there really was only one major release, which is Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then there was like all these smaller releases that are going to eventually get a, a wider release. But because they're in L.A. and they fall into our, you know, our opening schedule here, we vote on them. So some of the movies I just want to toss out real quick that this went up against was mid-90s, uh, what they had. Uh, and can you can you ever forgive me? Mm-hmm. Now, can you ever forgive me? Is the Melissa McCarthy movie, and it's probably the the runner up. I would say this week, where I think it's gotten a lot of love from the members of our organization. A lot of people, including yourself, have not seen this mm-hmm. movie yet. I've missed it. Um, so I just want to say that this movie was very close to winning, but in the end, Mr. Mike Myers stole the show, and Laurie Strode is screaming right now as we announce this movie as our movie pick of the week. So congratulations to Blumhouse, Universal, Jamie Lee Curtis, everyone over there. Congratulations. So, Jimmy, you are so pumped about this movie. I am. Tell me a little bit about the plot, and then tell me your initial thoughts. Well, okay, of course, it's 40 years after the original. This is a direct sequel to the original film, so there is no... There are definitely hints to the other films. There mm-hmm. are definitely, and I don't want to give any away. I just, see for yourself. I don't want to tell too much, honestly, about this movie. I want people to experience it, but I will say that they keep it pretty simple. This is a basic story, much like the original. Psycho terrorizes a small town, but it's done in such an inventive and original way that I, I think it's definitely one of the best horror sequels I've ever seen. I would I would agree with you. I think we were we were talking about this on the show I did earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the initial reaction from this this movie out of TIFF was I th- 
I want to say that I think it was a little bit too high because mm. I think it was like people were coming out of it saying 10 out of 10. It's a it's an absolute masterpiece. You know, I don't think if you look at the film from that standpoint, I don't think it's it's groundbreaking horror. Mm. But when you look at it as a horror sequel, it's one of the best that we've seen. The 11th Halloween film. Yes. The, and the irony, you know, I, I interviewed Jason Bloom about it and he, you know, he made the great distinction. Only two of those movies are fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, the original and this one. And this is officially certified fresh. So, right. yeah. And there, look, there's, I love horror movies and I loved, I even love the crappy sequels that, because they're just Halloween. I love this character. I love everything about Haddonfield and, and Laurie Strode. But it's so nice to see filmmakers to take this material seriously and and not just do okay let's do a TNA gore fest let's do a smart movie let's actually try to have characters that we give a damn about and that's what made the original such a good movie i actually cared about annie linda and 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 uh, lori i liked them all of them so here it's the same thing i like these characters i really like them i and jamie lee curtis man what I is, know. She's still killing it. Stunning. Yeah. Stunning. Um, you know, our friend Dimitri at Meet the Movie Press was mentioning that th- this portrayal of Laurie Strode was very similar to Riley in Aliens. R- Ripley. Ripley. Sorry, sorry, Ripley. <laughs> you God, are definitely God. on a plane. I, I know. Yeah, I am definitely <laughs> on a plane. Uh, and also um, Terminator 2. Yeah, Sarah yeah, Connor. Sarah Connor. Yeah. I, I know. It's like It's like... I should have probably been like, no, not today, but I'm doing the show because I love it and care about it. So excuse me. I'm glad you did. I'm in in Arkansas right now mentally. Um, (laughs) But I did want to say that what I loved about this film was the the female dynamic between the three female characters. You have the three generations here, and I just think that it's an incredible film for this time period that we're in right now. We're talking about like the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and Time's Up. And to kind of see these three women at the forefront of this story, it's so great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of in, in a weird way, almost going up against the man, you know? Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's really just some incredible, powerful stuff that I'm just so happy that, you know, Blumhouse and uh, David Gordon Green was able to bring to life. And, John Carpenter, you know, b- signing off on this movie, oh being gosh. back, oh you know, gosh. as executive producer and, you know, approving everything. I think that that shows that he actually really loved this movie he and really believed did. in it. Oh, and let's talk about the score. Sure. Okay, let's talk about... We all know the score. We just, you know, it's that, that little kind of... It, it sends a chill down my yes, spine every yes, time I yes. hear the score. But in this... It's expanded just a little bit, and don't be afraid of that. Uh, there's one scene in particular, and I don't, I don't want to say the scene. I don't even want to say what happens. Again, I want people to go see this and enjoy it, but they change the score up a bit, and it becomes something even more, I don't know, horrifying. It's just chilling. I, I loved this score. It felt like an extension. This The whole film feels like an extension of the first film. It feels like a companion piece. It's it's one of those things I'm like, you know, we, we've gone so many directions with this franchise, but I guarantee you every Halloween I will be watching this and I will be watch, watching the original in order and I will be a happy camper. Well, I, I think this this movie where we were 
talking about the box office already. You know, mm-hmm. it's doing 7.7 million in previews on a Thursday night, which is amazing. It's pretty amazing. And this is just has nowhere to go but up. No, and, and for no. the next, I want to say three weeks, because, you know, them releasing it a couple weeks before Halloween, leading into that season, that's something that I think studios really mis- misjudge. They Sometimes they put movies out too close to the holidays, like mm-hmm. certain holidays, and it doesn't do well. Because then you have that one yeah, weekend, that's, and that's it. That's it. But with this, they have, so, they have so much legs that they can go on. Hey, look, you have... So much going for it. You have it's the 40th anniversary. Yes, it's uh, bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis. Nick Castle is back in a little cameo. You have uh, obviously the uh, you know there's there's references to the earlier films. On it's just this is a, this is a no brainer. This is going to be people are predicting. I've heard 80 million. Yes, I think more. Yeah, you I think, think more? more. I honestly do. I think we're looking at 90 million opening. That's that's what I'm thinking. Just because it's the right time for it. This right. is simply the right time for this movie. Jamie Lee Curtis, John Carpenter, these guys knew what they were doing and they took the care to do it. Yeah. Would um, you know, we without going into too much spoiler territory because mm-hmm. we don't want to spoil this for oh, people gosh, who no. didn't see this. Um, one of my favorite scenes in this film is the babysitter sequence. Uh and especially because of that little boy who was in that scene how hilarious he was. Mm-hmm. Um it, it it's very interesting to me about this film, and uh, we were—I'm sorry—it's like everything we were talking about this movie nonstop since nine o'clock this morning. <laughs> Pretty much. So it's like I've been talking to you know Anthony, our showrunner here, and everyone else, and it's—it's funny because this movie show does something. What I think, going back to the female story aspect of it, mm-hmm. all the female characters in this movie are so incredibly smart. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's so nice to see that, and I, I think it's so rewarding, and I you know it kind of it touches a little bit about like what Blum said yesterday, and then retracted last night. You know he he knows what to do, and he's going to highlight these women, mm-hmm. and I think that's so important. But I think going back to this movie in terms of it being fan service to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But then also having enough original content to make yeah. it for new fans. And I think that is such an important fine line that this movie walks. Because you know that in the original Halloween, the thing that we wanted to see was Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. That's what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And this movie delivers on that. But then it gives these other characters a whole new introduction. And that's for a whole new generation to enjoy. Yes. It's like a passing of the knife, so to speak. Absolutely. And I, I love the little... There's and I, again, it's so hard to you. I want to talk. I want to I say know. Oh, that one scene. Yeah, the, uh, he makes references to certain things in the original film with a twist. Yes, and it's it's lovely and it's fun and it, it it keeps the audience who's grown up watching this movie, which is pretty much every horror film fanatic ever, whether they're five to five hundred or I whatever. Agree. You know, well. Not a lot of people are 500 years old, but there's something about soon, that. Soon. Yeah, soon we will be. But science. There's something about that. that, And it, it just feels like the holiday. It feels like Halloween. It, it Honestly, it feels more like the original Halloween to me than every other sequel they've had. And and I, I'm look, I, I, I have my appreciation for 4. I have my appreciation for H2O. I even kind of like the Rob Zombie films on occasion. Yeah, occasion. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, even not the all second the time. one. Uh, weirdly <laughs> enough, I actually prefer the second one now because it's so batshit insane 
that you're just like, okay, this is weird, but I kind of enjoy it. I, I'm not a, I was never a real fan of what they did to Laurie Strode in those movies. Not, not because the actress, of course, she was fine. I just, I didn't like the direction they took her because, and that it was nice to see Laurie again. Yeah. Like really who, who the one you remember, the one you remember, remember, which makes sense. It didn't. It didn't feel like H2O felt fine, and I, I loved H2O. I really did. But it didn't – it felt like a different Lori. This one feels like Lori yeah. to me. And yeah. I, I, maybe it's the Sarah Connor, Ripley approach. I, it, there's something really intrinsically exciting to watch and it's special about this movie. It's just so much fun and still a good movie, not just a slasher, dasher, we made a good slasher movie. It, it's a smart movie. I know – I think people will – who are not fans of horror in general, I think they will even like it. I mean, kind of speaking on this point, and we're doing a whole horror-themed episode yeah. minus the best director category at the end, but horror has really kind of like grown a lot over the last couple Gosh, of years. Yeah. Kind of talking about what you said, is that people who normally would not see a horror movie have now... Gone see, gone see movies like this. They mm-hmm. have went in to see movies like The Quiet Place mm-hmm. and Hereditary and this. Whether you like some of those movies or you don't, get out. Mm-hmm. Just it's um, it follows. Like these, there's just been so many movies over the last like four to five years. Yeah, that yeah. have changed the game for horror movies where people are like normally like I'm not seeing that scary and. It's it's working. This genre is becoming the most sought after genre, mm-hmm. and today. one of the smartest. Uh, yes, I, I think it started with the Babadook. Yes, I think yes. it really Babadook, started with right. that. And look, I I'm an I'm a old school '80s slasher fan. I loved those. I love going to the video store and looking at all the boxes and renting those, and 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 being like, oh, this is so twisted and stupid and awesome. But I, that was always my favorite time my favorite decade for horror basically the late 70s to yes, even the early 70s to the early 80s this is my this is becoming another favorite for me i mean there's uh, we used to have maybe one or two really really great horror movies if we were lucky a year yes if we were lucky now we're having numerous numerous yeah. and it's it's whether it's on the small screen whether it's vod whether it's uh tv TV movies, you know, or TV series that are horror-based, we're seeing something really special. And I, I, it's exciting as a horror fan. It excites me a lot to see this. Yeah, I mean, they just, they know what they're doing. And I think what, what, what Hollywood needs to learn from this, and I will say this, is that the budgets are always correct. Yeah. So the reason why horror movies work so well, not only because they're smart, but the budget is in check. Mm-hmm. There's not this. Oh my God! Let's risk 150 to 200 million. It's like 20 to 40 million, yeah. and that's it. And some less than that. I mean, a, a lot. Oh, five million I mean, movies. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, Blum has the perfect thing with that. It's it's literally like five. He had a formula for five million and under for a very yeah. long period of time, and then now he's because he's so successful, he takes some more risks and makes bigger budgets. But at the same time, he knew that, like, you know what? Five million is a perfect budget. Yeah, he's a smart guy. He's a smart producer, and whether you like all his films or not, they make yeah. money. He's hit they and miss. all make hit money. And miss. Yeah, Almost right. all of them make money, and he knows how to build things up. I mean, he also they're also part of Upgrade. Yes. one of my favorite movies of the year. So it's it's one of those things that I, I think if you understand the nature, some of the best horror films I've ever seen 
are always these low-budget movies. Like, you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which costs very little oh, to yeah. make, and you're just... It, it, it makes your skin crawl. Halloween, Blair Witch Project, these are really interesting ideas. And, and they, whether they're... You don't need a horror movie to be all complicated. and You need a simple story that's well told. Yeah. And you need characters that you can give a crap that's about. What, that, I mean, that's what the problem is. For a period of time, I think, especially throughout the early 2000s, mm-hmm. we had so many horror movies where the characters were dumb. And everyone, Ridiculously every, dumb. Yeah, and you just... Even you, in the 90s, I, I think even, that... I, I can't even think of really any standout horror movies in the 2000s. I mean, I can get, you can you think of any? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a few that I really liked. I loved. Uh, I think when did the the descent come out? It was fantastic. Oh, that that was really um, indie, though. Yeah, I, that was yeah. a Sundance. Great. I loved Saw. I loved the original oh, Saw. I I would even say I loved like half of the Saw movies quite a bit. I, I so you had those. You had uh, gosh, High Tension, which I know was somewhat yeah, controversial. Another, another small. I love that movie. Uh, but I'm talking about more of the studio release ones. Yeah, you can, I can't, can't no, think of a single. No, yeah, no, no, there were because it was. Yeah, I mean, because Lionsgate wasn't what it was. No, that back, back then. then. No, you know, Saw kind of made Lionsgate. I feel it, like. absolutely, absolutely did. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so continuing on this, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears over to indie, even though we already sort of switched gears. Um, you know, and uh, this is gonna be a little bit different because uh, Jimmy's gonna talk about uh, something that's on Netflix that you may have heard of, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to talk about a a film that shook me to the core uh, back in the day, which was the Blair Witch Project. Mm. And uh, I remember when this movie came out and the marketing campaign. Uh, you you look back at the marketing campaign of this movie, how brilliant it was. They had this set up like it was a true story that this was just some found footage that they. Wait, had. it wasn't true. No, it was not. No, it was darn, not. Darn, I know, I know. <laughs> Sad panda. This whole time, you I, know, what are you going to do? You I don't know. know. Since 1999, I, yeah, you were I, doing I, all that yeah. research. I know you had that whole following. I had like a, well, yeah, I had yeah. like that. What are those things, the crime things on <laughs> yeah. my wall, like figuring it out. I, I thought I'd crack the case, man. But it was amazing. I just remember, like, they had the website, mm-hmm. and then, like, you came there, it was like missing, and it's just like, I mean, it was just incredible. And you're talking about this movie that came out at Sundance Film Festival, and it took the world by storm. You know, mm-hmm. people were like. So afraid of going camping, going into the woods after this movie. I mean, God, I'm sure Middle America was like pissed because, like, no one's coming here anymore to go camping. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie was just just incredible. And I mean, in black and white, the way that it was told. You know, I know over the years people you know have a love hate relationship mm-hmm. with this film because you know it's not as well constructed. But you got to remember. It was the first of its kind. Oh and, well, and, and there was there were others like it, but that was the first one that really because the last broadcast I think was oh, the year yeah, before. Oh yeah, 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 I, I believe it was a year before or something like that. But this was the first one that set the ground for like things like Paranormal Activity oh, for sure. and for sure. saw all these types of movies. And um, it's just the idea. It just it just messes with your head, you know. Yeah. Just to think that you are in a woods and you just keep going in a circle and circle, and you see these stick figures and you don't know what's there. And I mean, let's be honest: the woods is a very scary place at night with Absolutely. the crickets and with the animals and with the you know the insects. Everything. It's just it's creepy. So I, I just want to throw a throw back to that one. It's a great one, and uh, it's uh, it's one of my favorites. I, as I mentioned, it because again because. I love a horror movie that it, it, it doesn't have to be perfect. A, a horror movie has to have 
something special, whether it's uh, the right atmosphere, the right characters, the right actors, the right director, and you get a few of those together, you had this these great this great trio of leads who are just interesting, not always likable, which I liked because I, they they seem like real people that you'd be like, dude, shut up, yeah, D- use your brain, right, but. We all do stupid things. I mean, if we were really, really in a horror movie, we'd probably all make terrible mistakes. So. Right, which is always kind of funny because when we watch horror movies, we're always the first to yell at them. Like, that's so stupid. Don't do that. But it's like kind of like you're watching that. Like, what would you do in that situation, you know, in the moment? Like, you're not mm-hmm. thinking like that. You're not thinking outside the box. No. When you're in the moment, when someone's at the door going to kill you. Like, you're not thinking. Like no, that. you're not thinking straight. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. I mean, not that. I know, but <laughs> yeah, I've never right, been chased right, by right, a killer. Right, but. right, right. But what was your uh, pick for this? Now, I, you know, I was I was really debating what I wanted to do because I really yeah. wanted to spotlight an indie horror film, and I couldn't really think of anything that really excited me right now. But I've been re- and I'm a little late to the party. I've been recently involved in uh, the haunting of Hill House. Now. A little history: the haunting, the Robert Wise film, is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is a absolutely perfect horror film the the sound design the, the 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 house the dialogue the performances all of it i was lucky enough to take a class and got to meet robert wise and talk about uh, there's a great story he told me where originally the uh theo character uh wrote i hate you to her lover on the window as this woman takes off and it was so like well they couldn't keep that in because at that time it was much too controversial yeah, to right. talk about that the series takes these characters in a unique way. Um, they're not the same, but they they have the same names. They have the same kind of issues, I guess you could say. And has recreated this story by taking bits of dialogue. The uh, you know, there's no one ever goes here after do- at night, or, or all these great lines from the movie, and made a complete, compelling family drama. And this is now again, I'm not all the way through. I'm getting there, but. Every episode has this moment where you just, you get chills. And the first episode, you know, you introduce these characters and you find, you, you start to like it. You're, it's fine. It's nothing, it didn't blow me away. But that ending, the ending just capped me and it was instant. It was instant. Now I need to watch every single one. And I, 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 I'm, I'm curious as to where they're going to go with it. I don't know. I don't know how far, I, they're kind of following the movie in a way. But not really. Uh. It's a very strange. Uh, it's very strange. But it's Mike Flanagan. I, he de- he did this very well with Oculus too. He dealt dealt with two different timelines. I think it's just two right now, at least. And he did it in such a easy way. And and you you it's you don't get confused. You're not like wait who's this character who he's get, he has these great talented actors playing these amazing roles and telling the story of the haunting of Hill House in a beautiful smart and. And ge- yes, genuinely scary way. Genuinely. I, I can't wait to watch this show. I mean, it's funny because the trailer, for me, in my mm-hmm. opinion, didn't do this show any justice. Because mm-hmm. I watched it, and I was like, eh, yeah, it looks yeah. fine. And it didn't sell me. And then all of a sudden, everyone started watching this. Yeah. And then I was just like, all these rave reviews. It's a word of mouth thing. Yeah, I mean tr- the trailer didn't what, blow me away. Which is what you know Netflix does so incredibly well. 
you know, and especially again going back to their series, they they don't have this yet with their films. I mean, there's been they had they had a few decent hits this year with their movies. You know, yeah. like set it up, and I I think Rome is going to do very well for the festival oh, crowd, sure. for, just for the festival crowd and the critics. I don't know how well it's going to do for the general public, but with their series is that I noticed that you don't want to hit stop when it goes into the next episode. You want to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that over and over again with multiple shows that I watch, whether it's like glow, whether it's atypical, they just, there's something about it that just hooks you and you just want to keep watching and Mm -hmm. keep going and going. And that's why they are the very definition of the king or queen, whatever way you want to put it of the binge watch. Yeah. They are the king and queen Absolutely. together of the binge watch. Absolutely. I mean, I know other stations are trying to are, are getting there. Yeah. Uh, like Amazon Hulu's Prime got some Amazon. good stuff. They're, they're they, there. But, but, but like, they have like one. Like, I mean, Amazon has The Marvelous Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Maisel, which is a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. And then the, um, Hulu had Casual, which I loved. Um, but there's there's so few and far between. Yeah, it's Netflix not like Netflix. Is so good at that. With their, and I, I don't know why they're so concerned about the film aspect. I mean, it's still something that's very puzzling to me because mm. they have that so much on lockdown with like the Queen, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black. Like there's just you could Stranger Things. You just keep going and going and going. Like don't worry about the movies yeah, right now. No. Don't worry about it. Keep it's the series okay. going. Just keep, keep the keep series it going. Keep people it are subscribing for that. Mm-hmm. Plus it's longer. And yeah. people are going to want to come back, and you can merchandise the hell out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kimmy I know, Schmidt. Yeah, I know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a horror thing, no, but no, you no, know. No, hey. no, 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 I know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I want to check that show out. I'm not going to be able to do it do. for a couple of weeks, but I definitely want to check it out. That's so the maybe beauty of Netflix. It's going to be there. Yeah. You know, it's not going anywhere, at least for a while, hopefully. <laughs> I also wanted to know, you know, Netflix has not. They announced it so quickly after the original airing. The OA, have you seen that show? No, I haven't. It's a it's a Brit Marling show, uh, very like it's a slow burn type mm. show. It's very indie, uh, but I loved it. And they they announced that there was going to be a season two, like I want to say two years ago, and it's still still not here yet. So I don't know what's going on. Oh with that. no, that's too bad. Um, all right, so switching over to retro real okay. quick, uh, you have something that I have not seen either. So he he's he's going for it this week. Everything that I have not seen. What oh, is okay. That? Well. We're talking Halloween. We're yes. talking John Carpenter. I think John Carpenter, one of his most underrated and and one of my favorite films is Prince of Darkness. This is a strange movie. It, it, it has an amazing score. It has Alice Cooper. It has Donald Pleasance. It has Lisa Blount. It has Jameson Parker from that old show. I don't even remember. Parker and Parker or whatever. I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, it's this... It, they basically they find this kind of weird vault in this church with this just just liquid that they don't know what it is and so they they start to uh, investigate what's what this goo or whatever this thing is in this old church things start to happen and it, I don't again I don't want to give it away to you because you guys have probably seen this it what what Carpenter does especially well is suspense. You can get gory, and this movie does have. It's certainly gorier than Halloween. It's one. Of, I think it was one of his. You know, when when he was starting with the thing, and he was getting a little more gory. There's one, a couple yeah. of really gruesome scenes in this, but again, it's this. It's this kind of idea of this weird possession, this weird satanic idea, Prince of Darkness, 
oh, this religious imagery, I, and it, it kind of twisted around. And I, I can honestly say it's one of the few movies that has given me nightmares. Really? Yeah, there's a whole uh, introduction, a dream sequence in the film that I, I should play it for you later. I, I, it's on the soundtrack. It's actually brilliant, where you just, it's creepy. And you don't know why. You don't know what it is. It's nothing special. It's nothing fancy. Just a weird camera moving and you see this image. And you hear this voice. It's it's such a creepy idea. And that that still haunts me to this day. I can still hear that voice. I can still see that image. And I, I mean, I would have nightmares of that. So for question people. for you. Okay. Would you like to see this remade? No. No, I don't think it needs to be. You know what I'd like to see is a sequel. Sequel? Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing a sequel. Because I think there's definitely another story about it. But, yeah, I I kind of miss the days when not everything had a sequel. I know. I miss that. I mean, I, I, I we, we're far from that. It's no, not going to yeah, change. I, I mean... Know. We're we're in an age where it is if if it's made it's going to be remade probably it's I, Fast and Furious will probably be made in like forty years I mean it's just where we are once they need to reboot it I mean technically the new you know the oh the, the spinoff one yeah, yeah the spinoff so yeah. we're in that age I love the whole vibe of uh, the hairdos it looks like an eighties movie it feels like I think it was eighties uh, late eighties um it it uh, it there's something about it. I like the essence. It doesn't feel like a new movie. It feels old. It, but it's, you know what? Scares and suspense don't age. Yeah. A good suspenseful scene doesn't age. And there are several in this movie where you're just, it's that trademark score of his and it's that trademark to slow. Oh my God. Okay. Get, 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 get in the window, get in the window. And you're, you're wanting to scream at the screen to tell them to do something. Yeah, I honestly, it's one of my favorite of his favorites of his, and uh, I, I, it saddens me it's not more respected. I think it's getting there though. It got a really nice release on, of course, I think Screen Factory. Yes, you they, know who's who does such uh, wonderful work with horror movies. Probably my favorite video company. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I every time they release something, I'm like, I've wanted to see that again, like a good quality you know, forever because I, I rented it on video and it had lines and it was garbage and you, you did dark and crappy and it, and it broke and ah, you're terrible. It was like, but this one, it's like they're releasing these classic movies, at least classic in genre and giving them new life and, and, and showing, showing the younger fans, Hey, there's some good stuff out there. Kind of bringing the video store back a little bit with these. I agree. You know? I agree. I like it. Yeah. You know, speaking of, you were mentioning one of the scariest films. I mean, I know this is a cliched answer, but I, I do have to say there's two movies that really scared me as a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, the first is, the, of course, the obvious, The Exorcist, mm -hmm. uh, which I am so thankful that Hollywood has not. I mean, they've made so many different types of exorcism yeah, movies. They technically they, remade it. <laughs> right. They, they technically remade it, but they've oh. never tried to make that one beat by beat, like freaking Psycho or Poltergeist. Or, oh. But, like, The Exorcist is still to this day so creepy. Mm -hmm. And it's really good. The other one going way, way back is The Birds. Okay, um, yeah. Just because of, I, you watch that movie now, everything looks fake as hell. But it's just that idea of just the birds. I mean, I remember going to the beach as a kid. And I would just, every time I saw a seagull, I would just cover my head. Like, you would just, I would just, my wife is actually still scared of birds. She's like, I hate birds. Get them away. Yeah, well, it's like, it's just like, it's a weird 
weird vibe that that movie was able to scare so many people from going to the beach or in the same way that Jaws sure. did it. You For know, sure. like it's yeah. just like something that you just look at, oh, pretty bird, you know, and it's like, no. No. Well, the thing, you know, I'm going to actually bring up an interesting point because you talk The Exorcist. Yes. I love The Exorcist. It's a, it's a fantastic film. Didn't scare me one bit. No. Not a single bit. Not a single one. Speaking of which, I want to, real quick when we're on The Exorcist, okay. do you remember the parody movie with Leslie Nielsen? Repossessed. Re- Repossessed. Of course. Where Linda Blair actually played the character? Yes. Wasn't that crazy? Oh, it was like, awesome. It was, like the it was first, awesome. First time that's ever happened where a parody act, you know, they made a parody of a of an actual really big movie mm-hmm. where the actual actress played in the movie. Mm-hmm. No one remembers that movie. Oh, except I, for I, you. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. But, sorry. What I mean by that yeah. is like, Something that scary is kind of you know to the to the person you don't, we I'm not going to be scared by the same things you are right and so when I watched the and I saw it very young I was kind of like oh it's good it, it's kind of weird and gross like the pea soup thing but it didn't really <laughs> affect me in a, like it certainly didn't give me nightmares certainly didn't give me any any kind of you know I didn't feel anything on that level but I still respected it you could still t- tell it's a great movie. As an adult, I uh, you know rewatching it, it scared me more as like a, a parent, as a oh my gosh, it broke my heart. I had, I think I had watched it again after my father passed away, and it was like on that an emotional level, right. it was chilling. So I, I de- but you know not every movie has to be like blah scare you. I, that's not horror is such a so many diet types of horror out there that. Sometimes you go just to get a chill. Sometimes you go for the atmosphere. Sometimes you just want to have a fun time and see something like Repossessed. Or Student Bodies is one of my favorites. Student Bodies. Yeah, It's horrible, but I love it. I actually forgot that the one I wanted to talk about for Indy was not the one that I talked about. So I might (laughs) just move that back. I want to talk about Tragedy Girls for my Indy movie. So Did you see Tragedy Girls? I have not yet. Oh, it's so freaking good. I hear this. Uh, I hear this. It is. It is. Uh, Brianna Hillbrand is in it, and it is just this fantastic. Tyler McIntyre, I think, is the director. Mm. It is just a well-made social satire that has horror elements, and it has like Craig Robinson in it, and it's just about these two girls who are obsessed with social media, and they just, in order to kind of become popular on Twitter. They go around and they 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 make up these this hashtag tragedy girls, and they go around and they wind up killing people and trying to make it seem like it's not them and it's other people. Uh. And it's it's just it's so freaking brilliant. A little bit like the Heather's, the original. Heathers. Yes, not that yes, crappy yes. TV a lot, show. A lot of people, a lot of people <laughs> compare it to Heather's. But yeah, I just I love that that movie. I feel like it has not gotten a lot of love. Mm. It's a it's a cult classic now, I think. But I recommend it a lot. I'll check that out. That yeah, sounds like I, my type I definitely of thing. do. The other one I was going to talk about was Scream, of course, of course, because Scream is just uh, Wes Craven. Uh, another one that I, I I it's funny. I relate a lot to movies. We were talking about horror movies that we relate to. Um, I I love ones where I see where I can kind of relate to the characters or I can relate to the time period that we that that the movie set in. Uh, Scream I watched of course when I was in middle school, and you know that whole thing about going over a friend's house and parties and having the movie guy like Jamie Kennedy as the movie mm-hmm. guy who yeah, always can tell you about the sure. movies, um, and just you know never 
you know, seeing Nev Campbell really before in a film and how this movie really launched her career. Uh, this was just such a great throwback to mm. like, it, it was, it was almost like it was making fun of the horror genre, but also celebrating the horror genre yeah. while doing its whole new thing. And this is kind of a, a, an anomaly in a lot of ways, Scream, because, you know, it went on to make four movies. It spun off into a um, MTV series. Mm-hmm. The first season did re- very well. The second season, not so much. And now there's even talk about remaking this. So, yes, we yes. But uh, <laughs> I know it's like, give it some time, give it some time, let it breathe a little bit. But I just remember that ghost face mask mm-hmm. and like another one, you know, when you have a good movie and I, and I, and I'm reserved myself to say this nowadays, but when they used to make parody movies off them, because nowadays yeah. they made the parody movies are terrible. Yeah. But back yeah. in the eighties and, and the seventies, eighties and nineties, when they made a great horror movie or a great action movie they always had a great parody movie that followed not the shit that they put out now no gosh but, no. but yeah oh, i just remember that we, we we did the scary movie franchise after mm-hmm. this and they beat that to the ground but i this this was just an incredible film i remember seeing scream in the theater multiple times and i was mm-hmm. so excited when the sequels came out you know it's i very actually think rare. sequel uh part i love part two i think yeah. it has some of the the, the uh, scene in the car Yes. Is one of the best, like, suspense scenes I've ever seen. I, I love that scene. I love that movie. I love the first two movies quite a bit. Except for that, you know, we talk about stupidity in movies, right? Mm. How about Scream has the, the dumbest scene. Oh, which and one? With, 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 <laughs> with Drew Barrymore trying to squeeze her boobs through the freaking uh, doggy door. Like, I, it's like your boobs are not even going to fit oh, no, through no, that. Oh, no, you're talking Rose McGowan. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, she gets, uh, Drew Barrymore gets killed in the big game. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. There sorry. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Arkansas, yeah, Rose, guys. Uh, Arkansas. <laughs> Hey, we're talking about a lot of movies. I got to think yes, about it, too. Yes. Um, but, yeah, Rose McGowan. Like, it's kind of I like, loved her in that, too. I yeah, absolutely like love that character. That <laughs> you talk about a scene where you're like, come on. That makes yeah, no sense. Yeah, yeah. It, look, look, as a horror <laughs> fan, you we we kind of have to find ourselves often saying, it's okay, it's a horror movie. Yeah, we'll believe it. Okay. That suspension of disbelief is very important for horror fans. It really is. Because, first of all, there's never, ever going to be, you know, that that wouldn't ever happen. Scream 1 like that would never happen. You usually wouldn't I, drop a TV on someone's head. and have, Or, like, just all these little, little things are, like, so ultra... Oh, wow, extreme. That's never going to happen. But you see, in a movie like Final Destination, the first one, Mm -hmm. that movie was so effective to me because it felt like everything that would happen in that movie could happen somewhere. Yeah, I mean, but still exaggerate. I mean, still, the sequels especially got over the top. Oh, the sequels were just ridiculous. But the first one, just like the idea that they could be arguing and a train could go by and then something could come out from the train and just like, like... that felt very realistic. Yeah, no. Or, you know, movie. like, even when you put your hand down, like, a freaking thing in the control. Why on. does everyone movie, every yeah. movie uses that? Every, no, even no, how we it's I, I know. I just, that that was what was really scary. Like, just the whole idea, too, about the airplane in the beginning. Of that. See, we're really getting sidetracked, but that's fine. Yeah, but that's all right. I, I mean, that, I mean, just the first Final Destination was so great because you start off with the airplane sequence. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, that made me so afraid to go on airplanes mm-hmm. because you're just like, you see that? It's like, yeah, that, you know, and then it's the whole scene. No one's going to take down this plane. You know, you have like the handicapped kid, kid in there. You're like, no one's going to take down this plane. And then that happens. Mm-hmm. And then all the events play out. I don't know. I and just, I got to give, you know, I got to give shout out to Devin Sawa, who was awesome oh, in that yes. movie. Devin, you rocked. You know, you were awesome in that movie. You remember Idle Hands? <laughs> I do. Oh, I, I, it. I, I love it. Idle Hands? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember. This absolutely. Is, it's like so Devin here, Sawa yeah. Love Fest now. Yeah. We're, we're fans, man. Yeah. <laughs> that one, Jessica Abba, that was probably like one of the best things that Jessica Abba ever did. Oh, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> what beautiful, the eye didn't be, count? What which, the oh, eye? No. She's a beautiful woman, but my but the movie selection has not been very good. Mm, yeah, no. You think? Yeah, I, I definitely think. Okay, and especially I, when she did those Dane Cook movies. Oh yeah, I'm bringing those up. Wow. See, I know my shit. That's Even horrific. though I get a little screwed up thinking about where I'm gonna go later, That's I know a lot of my stuff. You so, do. He, yeah. you, you know your stuff, man. But, but yeah, I mean. um I don't know. I mean, the the 90s, it's funny. We were talking about, like, the 2000s. But in the 90s, I feel like that was almost like a renaissance. Just like nowadays has become the horror renaissance. To an extent. I, was not, I wasn't as big of a fan in the, in the 90s because you had a lot of really, really bad horror movies coming out that time. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of a couple of examples. But... It it wasn't it was never it never really connected with me like the slasher. Period but those did. were four more for here. This is what I would say: Go the for teen it. horror movies, teen based ones. You think about movies like Final Destination. I don't yeah, have sure Scream. Sure, okay. yeah. So not so much like the ones that are out now, yeah. where they have this broad appeal that people who are not fans of horror. I still know, I know what you did last summer. Oh yeah, I love that. Movie. Oh my god, yeah, I, I, I really do. Too. I do too. I did not I'm, so much. I, fell, I still I fe- know what I, you did. I last fell summer. fell in love with uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Did you from that movie? Yeah. I was actually okay. This is kind of <laughs> embarrassing. I was kind of mad she lived. I was like, really, she lives. Sarah Michelle Gellar's way better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm it's sorry. Okay. She should have lived. <laughs> that was a great chasing though. Well, yes, it was. Yes, it was. And that, that had a great soundtrack too. That was mm-hmm. another thing about these movies. They had amazing soundtracks. Oh yeah, yeah. But they, I my only issue with those movies, they were so polished and so like I I missed the gritty cheesiness yes. of those yes the eighties. I, I just missed that. Until now, now I'm happy. <laughs> now we're getting good movies again. Because now you're getting like the perfect combination of mm-hmm. like you have your art house movie like Hereditary. Right and Suspiria, which mm-hmm. I know you really enjoy. I loved it. Yeah, so yes. those 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 types of movies, and then and then you get <laughs> and then you get movies like A Quiet Place that mm-hmm. really and Halloween, you know, just like movies that are are very standard, but like at the same time really just work. And they and, don't feel like I, I don't feel like they were copying a lot necessarily. No, I don't feel like we're seeing the same. Movie. I mean, yes, we have like, and and uh, this is not a dig because I actually love these movies. We have the Conjuring universe, which you know, for the most part, is really good, really good. I, aside from the Annabelle, the first Annabelle, now the Nun was a little. I still didn't see the Nun. It's a little. It's it's more of a comedy. But, I, <laughs> but look, I had a good time with it. It was in- entertaining. But you know, you even those movies are pretty smart and they're generally better than a lot of movies that we've seen in the past a lot of the cheesy ghost stories and there is a lot of ghost stuff nowadays there's a lot of ghost stuff and there's a lot of bad ghost stuff Uh 
You know, like Wish Upon and stuff like that. Oh, Wish oh Upon. Oh, my God. Wish Upon. Wow. Poor wow. Joey King. I feel bad. She, she I, cannot win with these movies. Oh, I told, you know, I I, <laughs> I, I want to go on record saying this on this show because I sit on Twitter and people like were like, ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. I love Joey King. Mm-hmm. And she was in this movie, Summer of 03, which no one saw, but it was a great independent film. No, it's a good movie. Oh. I, I just want to say that she needs to step away from the horror genre. Because or change the horror movie she's yeah, making. Because, I mean, <laughs> Wish Upon, she was in a Blumhouse movie that's not out yet called The Lie, which also was not very good. She was in Slender Man. She just she needs to be in better movies. She yeah. deserves better than that. But, my God, like... Just the, the last couple of selections that she's done, like, not good. Not good. No. Sorry. No, yeah. not at all. No. Not at all. Um, moving on to our last thing, something you're probably not going to be able to chime in much about, but let's try to try to chime try to chime in a little bit i will um so we do every every week now because we're going into award season and of course we are a critics organization we we talk about one of the categories for the upcoming award season uh this week we're going to be talking about best director perfect so i'm curious off any list doesn't matter if you were part of the academy or now because you're part of our organization Mm -hmm. If you can put in a couple names for best director, who would you put in? Absolutely. Um, there's been some really exciting visions and voices. I mean, I, I've i been on record. I loved A Star is Born, and I think it's a phenomenal film on every level. It felt like a movie that was a classic Hollywood story told in a kind of a gritty style. And yeah, Bradley Cooper. Honestly, I think he did a fantastic job with this movie. It's uh, it's it doesn't feel like a typical romance. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel schlocky, and and he he did it so well. I felt like I was there. I felt like I was watching this relationship kind of grow and then kind of crumble. Uh, really, really powerful. I would also obviously uh, Spike Lee, Black Klansman. Yes, I yes. think that he did a marvelous job. I'm not always a big fan of his. It depends on the the the, the story of the project, but. In general, I, I like his work, but that was a really solid film. That was a really good movie. Uh, there's a couple, I, you know, those are two that are I can think of like offhand that have really impressed me. At the beginning of the year, there was talk that John Krasinski was going to be able to get it for A Quiet, a Quiet Place, Place, yeah. Which at the beginning of the year, I was definitely on board, and I mm-hmm. think that he had a chance. But now, after seeing so many movies, I don't think he has a chance in hell, unfortunately. It's a good movie year. It is a great It's a very good movie year. There's a lot of really interesting things out there. I, I you know, I, I'm not, I haven't seen um, First Man yet. Right. But I've, I've heard it's well-directed. Well-directed. Yeah. Very well You know. But I, I also, I feel like it's going to be an interesting year. I think there's going to be a few shake-ups, though. Yeah. I think, and I, but I wouldn't. I would not be. I also wouldn't be surprised to see Alfonso Cuarón. Yes. In the, I. I hope he's a, he's one of the best directors working today. Oh, and, he's you know, right now. I think from the list that I've been reading online, he is definitely the front runner. Yeah. For yeah. for everything, um, which is interesting because the way that I feel about um, movies, and we've we talked about this on the show when we did the whole criticism of that. Uh, best popular film or whatever they yeah. were going to do yeah. is that there is this, this natural connect uh, disconnect with critics, with audiences, with award movies, mm-hmm. because there are just certain movies where I feel like they don't speak to the mass appeal. Like it doesn't have sure. mass appeal. Absolutely. And I think Roma, the, the second half of Roma is 
a masterpiece. The first half is very, very long. I appreciate it for what it is. It's very artsy. It's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's all about the culture, setting up the city, setting up these characters. But the average viewer watching Roma is not going to make it through that movie. They're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna turn off. Yeah. And it that with that being said, Karan is such an incredible director. Oh, God, he is. And yeah. he has such vision and his films are so different. Every single, single one. one. He's done a, a, a children's movie with a little princess. Yes. He did A2 Mama Tambien, which is one of the best coming-of-age movies I've ever seen. Yes. A Gravity, a, a Children of Men. I mean, this guy is an auteur. He's, he's incredibly gifted. And I, I would love to see him get another one. Did he win for Gravity? I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't think remember. He did. I don't think he that did. That movie had a yeah. lot of love, but I don't remember I what it won. I don't think, yeah, I don't, I, I, sorry, we're blanking out on this. Now I'm going to Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> but okay. honestly, here's the thing. I think, I think there's a very, very, very strong possibility we are going to see Cooper get the award this year. You think so? Yes, because Star is Born is doing something that very few films can do. They find the critics love and then they find the audience loves it. Ah. And that's, look, that's, they, that's, they yeah, want to like sell that. the show. They want to like sell that. the Oscars. They want people to watch. So they're going to nominate people who are going to get people to watch. They're going to watch Bradley Cooper. And especially if him and Lady Gaga They're going to watch Lady Gaga for sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I honestly don't be surprised if he wins. The uh, You know, haven't seen it last night. I know you haven't seen it yet. I think no. you're going sometime either today or next week is um bohemian rhapsody yeah i can't if, wait if i if if there wasn't the controversy with one of the directors <laughs> i feel like that would have got into this category as yeah well. The, i was well, see i saw 35 minutes I, I believe of the film and i was i was blown away yeah i, I think the that movie is going to get rami is going to get the love right oh rami i mean definitely. he's fantastic i, I fantastic. mean it's it's funny i asked ashley last night um, when we got out of it, because you know, right now Bradley Cooper is one of the front runners for mm-hmm. actor. Yeah, and I said to her, I said, "Who do you think's better?" And she said, "I think Rami should get it because his performance requires a little bit more out of him. You know, he mm-hmm. has to transform. He has to become except someone. for Bradley Cooper sang and played guitar. True story. That's Hashtag true story. That's Hashtag said. fact. <laughs> Although she, here, here's here's the reality: neither of them will win. Robert Redford will win. Oh. His last film, come on. It's politics, folks. It's politics, folks. It's politics, yeah. yeah. He's he will I'm all, I would almost bet on that. Really? Not that I would do that right now, but yeah, I would almost bet on that. It'll be interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's for for other people and directors right now they're talking about Barry Jenkins with If Beale Street Could Talk. Mm-hmm. A movie that I thought was really good. But uh, I think it's a little overhyped, okay. just being honest. Um, Ryan Coogler is still being named for Black Panther. Uh, Steve McQueen for Widows. Uh, Adam McKay for this movie Vice. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a little concerned about Annapurna uh, because of all the shakeup that happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, they're the only studio right now that doesn't have unless i'm missing it that doesn't have like their guild site up so we can go see award screenings yeah and they have a lot of movies they have they have vice they have um the destroyer movie that's coming Mm -hmm. out they have bill street uh and there's something else that they have but it's it's just they have a lot of stuff they have a lot riding on this year 
but I'm really worried that they're not going to be able to push push their stuff the way that they. Yeah, they and that's I mean that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do, and it, it, it it's it is a it's a popularity contest to a certain extent. So you know we're looking at, and it, who hasn't won it? Who deserved it? Did he deserve it for this movie? No, not really. But you know he deserved it five years ago when he lost to the other guy that deserved it for another movie five years ago. That's kind of the way the Oscars are. So and right now they are looking to widen broaden their audience because the ratings haven't been great. Right. So I. I wouldn't be surprised to see Black Panther get a lot of love. I wouldn't be surprised to see Star is Born. I think they're going to go for the more successful films. This is what's going on this year, too. I I want to point out that one of the things that I was reading about award season right after TIFF Mm -hmm. was that uh, Green Book, which is a film that I really enjoyed... But it's not your typical Oscar movie. It's it's a movie that deals with some serious issues, but it's very lighthearted. It feels like a buddy road trip comedy, almost like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, mm-hmm. movies like that. Um, you know, of course, it deals with race and stuff of that nature. But it's a very lighthearted movie, and I was very surprised that almost everyone was predicting that this was going to be nominated in multiple categories. Yeah, I remember hearing that. But I think, like you're saying, is that. If they want to go for that younger audience, if they want to go for people who care, this is the best year that they're gonna they're gonna have that opportunity because you do have the Star is Born, you have Black Panther, you have I mean there first, are plenty of choices. There's plenty of choices this year, and they have plenty of things to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope that there's a lot of really important films this year. Uh, I know the one that you and I disagree. How about Jamie Lee Curtis for Halloween? For 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 actress, yeah, I, I think she should. You think I, so? I would be happy to see that. I would love to see the Oscars reward uh, genre. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it is a great. And Tony Collette though seriously has a chance. Oh, Tony Collette has definitely has a chance. Yeah, I I would be shocked if she didn't get nominated. Yeah, I mean, and Emily Blunt for Quiet Place was great too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Wait, they should just create a horror genre category <laughs> know, for right? Best Actress because I mean, there's yeah. a, well, horror has always been good to women. It yeah. always has. It I really mean, has. There, it's there is the misogynist side. There is the kind. of Gross and like that, that, right. that part of it. Well, then, but, there's when they're we're moving away from that now, right? We like really are. We're moving we really away are. from the, the 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 typical boob shot and stuff like mm-hmm. that. They're moving away from it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that is it for this episode. So, All right. um, yeah, that's yeah. it. It's over. Sorry. We, did, we went a full hour, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So um, thank you so much for watching. Jimmy, where can they find you? JoeBlow.com and ArrowOnTheHead.com. You know, Twitter, all those places as well. Jimmy to the O. On the Twitter? On the Twitter. On the Twitter. On the Twitter. Do you like film Twitter? <laughs> Never mind. Crickets. Uh, yeah, crickets. Sometimes. Uh, Scott Menzel, We Live Entertainment. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the other Scott M. I will be in. I just want to do a shout out since we keep references referencing this all episode. Uh, the reason why I'm I'm about to get on an airplane right now to go to the Hot Springs Documentary Film Festival in Arkansas. Uh, so I just want to give a shout out to the wonderful folks over there for inviting me. And I look forward to seeing uh, four full days of documentary films and coming back next week and talking a little bit about it. So Oops. until next week, thank you so much. We'll see you soon. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.